When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A M P I R E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. Today, it's just me and you, as I'm gonna go over what I saw from the Commander's OTA practice on Wednesday. It's the second time the media has been able to watch their practice. So it's a little chance to kind of gauge where some things are at and just to measure progress. And that's what the spring is for. So before I get there, a couple things and just a couple of little uh, transactions the Commander's made earlier in the week. One, placing Andrew Norwell on the reserve, physically unable to perform list. They did that on Tuesday. And as I've been, as I've been telling you, and I know I'm sure others have been saying it too, that the plan is has been, has long been to release him when he's healthy. He's dealing with a right elbow issue. Still not, he still can't pass a physical. Once he passes a physical, he will be waived. And I, again, I've been telling you that for a while. And the first clue for this was when Ron Rivera at the owners meetings in March mentioned Sadiq Charles and Chris Paul when talking about the left guard competition. So that's one thing. Then they they cut corner cam, waved corner cam Dantzler. And some people wonder, why would you pick him up and do that? Well, first of all, they claimed him off waivers earlier in the offseason. So it wasn't like they were anticipating him being a huge part of the, excuse me, of the defense, but somebody that they wanted to take a look at. That's it. Then they go out and draft Cam, excuse me, Emmanuel Forbes. Then they also draft Quan Martin, who can play in the slot so he can help the corner position as well as the safety position. So it leaves less room for a guy like Dantzler to, to make it. And both sides basically saw this. So they both saw where this was going. And so it was, it really sounds like it's a mutual decision. I think they view, I think the sides view one another differently. Dantzler believes he can still be a starter. Commanders do not. And as simple as that. He also was one of the missing ones when we were out here last week and nobody noticed because we were, it's kind of hard to take attendance with 90 people out here, but it was Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Charles Leno, and apparently Cam Dantzler. But now he's gone. So there you go. Just in case some people are wondering, that's really, it was about adding more competition to the position and both sides seeing that it wasn't going to happen for him here, not in the way he wants it. So they, so he's gone. Anyway, Let's get to what's going on on the field and what happened today. First of all, we're going to start. I'm going to get into a few players, Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett, um, Brian Robinson, Emmanuel Forbes, some offensive line stuff. But I'm going to start with Howell. And so, you know, because he's the guy that I think people are most interested in right now. One of the things, and I'd heard this earlier in the week, and then Ron Rivera talked about it before practice today, which is how they're miking up Howell and the other quarterbacks. But they're doing it with Howell as well, of course, because he's one of the quarterbacks. But they would mic him up during practice, something that this is has not happened here in a long time. 
but their whole purpose of it is to see how he's handling certain situations, whether it's getting guys in and out of the huddle, the way he call, he's calling the play, maybe it was something at the line when, the, when identifying either a coverage or a blitz or whatever. So that's something that's been a new thing for him and them. And I think Rivera said the last, it's been a long time since he's done that. I think maybe he'd go back to Chicago um, when we saw that, but anyways, something they've been doing and it's something that they feel is helping because you're getting a feel for how is a guy handling a certain situation. And then they can go basically it's scouting yourself. And one of the things that Howell said that he's learning is he's learned to, as he said, the enemy has told him, learn, you have to over communicate. So, you know, sometimes it's putting that extra word in there. Sometimes it's, or just the way you're saying it, how you're selling it. All that stuff, all that stuff can help. We'll see what kind of a huge difference it makes, but it's certainly a little detail that can can certainly help. And, you know, how he's, how he's getting guys in and out of the huddle, how he's calling the plays, all that kind of stuff and taking charge. And one of the things that Dami Brown told me after practice was exactly that, how he feels that Howell is being even more vocal as a leader than he was when he played with him at North Carolina. So that's interesting. And there he was surrounded by some veteran guys there at North Carolina that, you know, but he, those guys kind of took charge here. Howell is learning to take charge. And that's what these guys want to see because it's an important part of playing that position. <clears throat> the other thing that Rivera said is he was asked, when are you going to determine that Sam Howell is the guy? And he said, when they're into training camp and that's the way it should be. And, and he specifically pointed to the Baltimore week as a week that's going to give them a big tell as to where Howell is really at in his development. And not just really at, but just it's a big measuring stick. And I think one of the things that that I felt was lost the last couple of years was not learning enough about guys during training camp because they're not getting enough time during preseason games. And then you don't, you, you know, for a couple, sometimes it was – COVID, COVID affected it twice that um, you couldn't do a joint practice session. And then last year they were going to do one and it fell through. So those three years, you lost the ability to fully learn more about your guys. I felt when, you know, back during the Gruden era and, and other times that you would learn a lot about guys from that. Like, for example, in 2015, um, Robert started off looking better in, in practices very early in the week. And you said, oh, okay, is there, is he different? Has it, has it changed? Has he learned? Has he, you know, whatever, whatever it was. And then Houston came to town in Richmond. And then you realized it hadn't changed because you saw the way they, you know, you can get used to playing your own guys. You get used to the coverage. You get used to this corner, how they're going to react here, here, here. But when another team comes to town, they're throwing something different at you. You've got to react differently. You don't know what they're going to do. They might sell it something different. You don't know that particular player. So you're going to learn more about where a guy is at with that. Brandon Sheriff, you know, they they learned that he was they learned quickly in that week against Houston that Brandon Sheriff was a guard, not a tackle. He got he got beaten bad at tackle. So those are the things you can jump out. That's why Rivera said that the Baltimore week would be a very big tell. And that's the value of the joint practice. And I would also say, you know, um, and I'm going to get to Jacoby Brissett in a minute, but you can't count that guy out. I mean, the guy is a professional quarterback and he's, I think he's going to have moments where he looks really good for them and does what they want. Um, clearly, clearly they'd like to see how win this job. That's the guy that they, you know, that they're talking a lot about. They're very excited about him. 
but you still got to go earn it. And I think it's smart to say it the way it is. But I would say if he's not showing some things, then you better make it a real, real competition. And that means kind of, you know, who's going to, you know, mixing it up a little bit more right now. It definitely feels like it's this is Hal's job. He has to look he has to you know, either plateau or not not advance for him to lose this job. But again, Baltimore, big deal. <clears throat> anyway, on the field today, a couple of things they were working on that was um, uh, in one session that they kind of used later in the, in the day was working on throwing off your, as you were backpedaling, as if you're under duress and practicing being under duress. And, you know, then you'd watch like how would backpedal and just flip a ball 15 yards downfield to a receiver. More often than not, he was hitting that guy in stride, just kind of shows you the strength of his arm. And by comparison, Jake Fromm was also, you know, when he, when Howell was doing it, the other quarterback with him was Jake Fromm. Fromm was not hitting guys in stride, just kind of a distinct difference between their arms, which I know everybody knows, but it's a little thing that you would see. Um, and that's where it showed up. But he, you know, Howell did have a good arm there. And then later in the day, they ran a screen pass with that sort of action where you're backing up and you just kind of loft it as you're backpedaling and get it to the screen guy, get it to the screener. And and so like there was a there was a reason why they're practicing that. And and that's partly that's partly why. There were a couple of times, you know, I and I I thought how looked pretty good last week. And there were a couple couple throws that, you know, of course you're gonna have that you wish you had back in a practice because those guys are pretty good too. And the other side of the ball is doing, you know, they know they're going to know what's coming a lot of times too. Um, I didn't think that he was quite as accurate today as he was last week. And by accurate, I mean the shoulder he's throwing to getting guys to turn into catches or into routes, um, excuse me, leading him into more yards, that kind of stuff. But I do think that there were um, uh, a lot of times where, there were just some really, really good throws. And then some throws were, again, guys on the other side of the ball would make a play. So there was a five-on-five. Five. They they're doing some five-on-five five sessions this time uh, in, in this camp. And there's some throws that um, where there's one throw, tight end, would have been leveled by Cody Barton because the, I don't think how This happened a couple of times where I'm not sure how saw the outside defender creeping back inside because he's reading them in his own coverage. And he leads a guy into a guy that probably would have leveled him. And that one was there. Um, the next play in this five on five, both Quan Martin and um, Derek Force would have broken it up. Um, then on the next play, throws outside to Chris Rodriguez outside shoulder, away from the pressure inside with Percy Butler. A nice throw. Um, two plays later, drops in a nice deep crosser to Curtis Hodges in rhythm. And that's what you see with, 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 um, with, Sam Howell a lot is throwing in rhythm. So there was a lot of, there was that up and down a little bit, but um, certainly some really good flashes. And then some other throws were like, you've got to be aware of this. And, you know, there was another time he throws a perfect ball to another receiver just over the top of the defensive back, just a really nice throw, a great throw. And, and so you, you saw that in the seven on seven, there was another sequence Quan Martin with a good reaction broke up a ball that was almost intercepted. Then a deep throw, um, deep out left to Cole Turner beats cornerback. Excuse me, deep, this is deep right down the sidelines. So Turner beats the corner. The the safety and this is zone coverage. The safety comes rotating over, but the ball is perfect. And it was Percy Butler could get there in time, 
perfect throw right in his hands, right as he's, as he's going out of bounds, just a nice throw, catches in bounds. Cole Turner's having a good camp. Um, next throw, um, Howell has to scramble. So it's not what you want to see. Credit the defense. Um, so, you know, that that's another one. And then the next one, you had a throw to Logan Thomas. Th- on this throw, Emmanuel Forbes races up, tips it, and Cody Barton intercepts the ball. So there was, like I said, there's good, there's bad. There's things you did well. There's things you need to learn from, which is the point of practice in May. And I think they still like the tra- trajectory that Hall is on. At one point, Eric Bieniemy yells, yelled out, there are too many balls on the ground. In other words, got balls are being tipped, et cetera, et cetera. So like, you know, and again, I would credit the defense on a lot of these because I think Forbes, Forbes plays the ball aggressively. And, and I think that's something that's good for these quarterbacks, but he's not the only one. I think Juan Martin has been doing that. And I think their reaction time has been pretty good. Um, the other thing I like too with Howell, other times you saw him stepping up in the pocket. You saw that in a couple of plays in some 11 on 11 stuff. You see that mobility. And there was one time where he had to step up through the right side, keeps his eyes up the field. And as he's coming through the hole, hits Logan Thomas for uh, for a gain. And then on another play, another play that was very much like that, where he back-to-back plays where he showed that mobility. And then another one where like there's like a play action and just does a half sprint rollout to the right, looks at the tar- his first target covered right back inside to Curtis Hodges, just good timing on the play. And then he completes his day with a pass to Jahan Dotson, gave Dotson a chance in the end zone against Derek Forrest. Nice. There's a little bit of a collision there, um, unintended. And then, but Dotson holds on the ball and it was just a, it was a good throw and it's a really good catch by Jahan Dotson, a contested catch, but a tough contested catch, not just out leaping a guy, but just having to go get the ball from a guy. So, you know, like I said, get, with, with, with how there's a lot, I think, and I talked about this on the podcast the other day, the footwork is just much better. The rhythm and the timing because of the footwork is better, is much better. And I think the other thing is, you know, again, you're um, the, the taking control of the huddle, being more vocal in there, that stuff is all stuff. That's part of the growth process for a young quarterback. So the signs are good right now for him. And, but again, it's not perfect. And that, you know, I don't know that you'd want it to be because if it was, it would mean the defense isn't quite as good as you hoped or needed to be once the season starts. So let's get on to Jacoby Brissett. I felt like his timing looked a little bit better than last week. And you'd see it. I think I brought up, I know I brought up last week in the seven on seven, for example, where there's a lot of times where he was having to just tuck the ball and run, extend a play, extend a play. Well, in seven on seven, you want to see, get the ball out, get the ball out, right? It's, it's rhythm, timing, get the ball out. And that wasn't happening. You saw much more. You saw the anticipation more, much more with Howell than you saw with Brissett. Today, I thought his timing looked, certainly looked better. I like how the ball comes out of his hands. He does have a good flick. Um, you know, so I think he throws it and he throws it nice and easy, but he throws a good ball. Um, one of his better throws came in the red zone and it was to Curtis Hodges, just a really good example of keeping the ball out of pressure. And there were two defenders around Hodges tight and you had one area where you could really get the ball to, and that was low. And he threw almost a worm burner. If you're a golfer, you know it wasn't quite a worm burner because it didn't hit the ground, but it was just a little bit above, but he kept it low, and Hodges was able to go down and scoop it and 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 basically and catch the ball for a touchdown. But it was just a really nice throw to keep the ball out of trouble, and Hodges did a nice job catching it. He had a nice ball to John Bates, 
in, um, I think it was, I can't remember if it was seven on seven, maybe 11 on 11, just one, he three-step drop, one, two, three, pat, balls out, and then Bates wide open, but a good throw, hits him in stride, um, just a good ball. I think one of the things, I think it's smart for Rivera to let this play out because, you for, again, Brissett is a pro, and I think he's going to look a certain way as camp continues to unfold here and in the summertime. And, you know, don't I, – I think he's going to be a good teammate either way, but I think you need to let this go and and just keep challenging Howell. And I don't I don't think that Howell's going to back down. I think this is a kid who's put a lot of work in in the offseason – and that's going to continue, but I think it's smart to just let it play out, and then you know to make sure that he does earn the job because there have been too many times here in the past where guys have been annoyed in something, and they're not quite ready, and maybe they don't take all the responsibility that comes with the position. And so I think it's it's good to do that. And again, excite, be excited about Hall's progress. They are, you can be too, uh, but make sure that he earns the position. Did you know the largest ropes course and zipline park in the country is right here in the DMV? Located in the heart of Montgomery County, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring combines climbing and ziplining to create an aerial obstacle course unlike any other. With challenges anywhere from 10 to 75 feet in the air, there is something for all skill levels. Looking for some family time or the perfect date night before football season starts? You can even climb and zip line under the stars. Would you rather keep your feet on the ground? Give axe throwing a try. With their projector systems, you can throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect for, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23DC at checkout. That's KIME, K-E-I-M, 23DC. So there you have it, folks. Climbing, ziplining, axes, food, and bonfires right in your backyard. The weather is warming up, so it's the perfect time to head outside and join the adventure at www.theadventurepark.com. That's www.theadventurepark.com. And enter promo code KIME23DC. Let's get on to a couple other things. Uh, the running backs, Brian, Brian Robinson was not happy about his day at all. Um, <laughs> I think it's that's safe to say at one point, Eric Bieniemy did get on him a little bit because he failed to pick up a blitz in one situation that would, that resulted in pressure on Howell, And um, that was something that he certainly reminded him of after practice. You could see that he was a bit annoyed as they were standing in the semicircle after practice, and by the way, when they're in that semicircle, one of the guys they were listening to was former Washington Redskin lineman Ray Brown, who coached in Carolina with Ron Rivera, but he was at practice today, spoke to the team for a couple minutes afterwards. Anyway, so Robinson wasn't pleased with his day. After practice, I saw him speaking to Ron Rivera for several minutes at least, and, you know, um, don't quite no I didn't I'm not going to sit there and listen in on the conversation that's that's being a little bit nosier than I want to be however safe to say that it was Rivera kind of you know I think he's kind of reminding him that you're a good player and you're going to be a good player and one of the things that that Rivera talked about before um, practice was just that they felt like he was looking more and more explosive and I thought he started to get that way at the end of the season 
especially on certain runs that especially going to the outside that he was either more decisive, more explosive. The dude was shot. I mean, I, I just, I think when you factor into what you, this team can be this season, you kind of have to factor in like he didn't have like, I mean, that was a tough, that was a tough year for him. And to, you know, to go from being shot to then having to play and, and be your, be, you know, it took him at least a month or two to get to get to a point where he felt like you could be more of yourself. I don't know that he ever felt like he was fully himself. This year he can be. So that's a good sign for him and for Washington. And the other one was Antonio Gibson um, really didn't do a whole lot during, well, didn't do anything during team drills, participated in individual, saw him catching some passes out of the backfield, still has those soft hands, didn't do anything during, again, team drills. I think I think there's just a little bit of a windedness there. They they had him riding the bike, so there you go. Um, and then um, Casimir Allen, the returner, did not practice because he has a hamstring issue. Um, by the way, one, at one point, Curtis Samuel, he had, he stretched out for a ball along the sidelines. I, I was standing right there as he's as he's going by me. He you could see his face grimacing, and you're like, oh, I don't know. Then you know you, he he was kind of holding his left knee a little bit or, or working on it, but then within a couple of minutes he was back in there and he was running, ran some wildcat. Um, he was he ran you know he saw him running routes, so he was he was completely fine because he stayed in the rest of practice. But there he was a little bit hobbled there for a minute. <clears throat> Emmanuel Forbes, let's get to Emmanuel Forbes. So worked mostly on the outside. His reaction time is excellent. I saw a play that he made in practice on Tuesday. I saw some of the clip of that, and it was outstanding. Just broke up a pass, but it's his reaction time is really, really good. And part of that, there's a you know the way he mirrors a guy. Like sometimes, like on this particular route that I saw, receiver runs in a deep out, and he kind of gets twisted. And sometimes when you get turned around as a corner, you lose ground. He didn't lose any ground. And he was ready to drive on the ball when he came out of that turn. And because of that, he knocked, he, he knocks the ball away, but the kid is ready to, he's always ready to pounce on it. He's got, he has really good balance when he's in the stance and when he's backpedaling and breaking on the ball and that allows him to just break naturally. And, and he, you know, it's just something he does very well. And you saw his presence continues to be felt when he's out there and he, you know, he re again, reacts well. One other thing I like too is there was one time where this team's going to use a lot of motion and especially a lot of tight end motion. I'm going to get into that in future podcasts about what that can do, but that's one of the differences between what they did here last year. They didn't use the tight ends in motion as much. It's a lot more revealing for a quarterback because it tells you a little bit more. It can reveal more about what the defense is doing when you're using the tight end in motion, something Kansas City did a lot of. And it's something this team will do a lot of with the tight ends. Anyway, so there's one time where Forbes is on the outside and you can see, you see the motion, you know, he's, he's on his guy, tight end goes in motion. He comes off, tight end comes back. He gets back on his guy, but it was more so about his reaction to the motion. And he, he really was kind of nondescript on the play. Otherwise it's, it was the proper reaction. Um, there was one time versus Jahan Dotson, Ball thrown to the inside, 13, 13, I wrote down the number on my sheet. Forbes, just a physical play um, up through the up through the inside shoulder of Dotson, breaks up the ball. 
and just a nice play. Um, breaks up a pass to Terry McLaurin on the outside. It was on his outside, excuse me, on his outside shoulder. He comes through the outside shoulder, breaks up the ball. Um, so another time, there was one time, there was a swing pass to Robinson in the right flat. He comes run up, and I was deep back. I like to watch the plays from deep behind so I can get more view of things. But what I what you hear is at, he goes up there, Robinson gets a swing pass, comes up there. Forbes must have said something to the bench, to the, the offensive guys were on that side because running backs, Coach Randy Jordan, all, all you heard him say from 40 yards downfield is, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. So I don't know if Forbes told him, you know, what he would have done to Robinson had had they been allowed to hit. And and Jordan was reacting, I think, I think, or maybe somebody said something about what Robinson would have done to Forbes. But either way, it's the fun part of practice. And I think Forbes is going to make practice a little bit more fun for those offensive guys because he seems to have a good sense of himself out there. Uh, and another time with, with Forbes in one of the last plays, he covers um, Cole Turner in the end zone. It actually was the last play of practice. One second, there was one second left on the clock. They're inside. They're probably on the five-yard line. And Howell run, rolls to the right, tries to hit Forbes, but but excuse me, tries to hit Turner, but Forbes is all over him, not open, incomplete. That's practice. By the way, one of the things that Rivera talked about too is before practice, because that's when we talked to him today, was the cornerback pairing. And and Forbes has been playing, he has played some inside, as I told you before, in the rookie minicamp, but they, they must have been working him a little bit inside at other times, mostly on the outside. And St. Juiced also working on the inside. And I told you before, they like St. Juice short area quickness. They like his length inside there. They really like Kendall Fuller on the outside. And I think last year is why. In that zone match, you, you're playing a lot with your eyes and your smarts. And that's those are two things that Fuller is, those are some of his strengths. He's a very smart corner. And I think he had, a, he had a good year as the year progressed because of that. So they like him out there. And I think they, they're they curious about the other two inside. Rashad Wild Goose also playing inside with some of the number one unit when it was St. Just and Fuller on the outside. But I have a sneaking suspicion that, that Forbes will be in there a lot. Just, just a hunch. Um, <clears throat> so the only time I saw Fuller on the inside was during they would do these three-on-three uh, receiver receiver versus corner drills when they were doing five on five over here, they'd have three on three over here. And that there was one couple of times where Fuller was lined up on the number one, in the number one receiver to the inside. Anyway, a little bit of offensive line talk. First O line, same as it's been Lucas, Charles, Gates, Cosme, Wiley. And, you know, it's really hard to focus so much in on those guys because there are no pads and they really, it's just technique right now. But the one thing I did see a couple of things with Sadiq Charles, I thought were pretty good, just the way he set um, and with some of the physicality that he used when, you know, just some of the initial thrust or the jam and, and that was, uh, or the punch. Um, and that, so like, you know, but again, his thing is staying healthy. So but I'm curious to see how he develops because he could be a pretty good guard if he stays healthy. Second O-line, it would be it was Trent Scott at left tackle, Chris Paul at guard, Tyler Larson at center, Keaton Sutherland at right guard, Alex Ekinbulu at, at tackle. Third line, Braden Daniels, the rookie. Um, Aaron Montero is at left guard, Stromberg, uh, Stromberg at center, Laufenberg right guard, and Jared Jones-Smith at right tackle. Um, Daniels, again, haven't been able to watch him too much. I, unfortunately for him, one of the plays I watched, he had a good initial thrust, 
but then he it was against KJ Henry, then lost him to the outside, and he had the tendency to bend. And then you saw that in college, and he bent on this play and allowed and Henry as Henry gets outside of him. Um, but again, you know, when we'll, we're going to learn a lot more about them when they put the pads on. And then during special teams work, one of the things that, you know, it's good to see what they do during, well, well, another group's working on special teams. And this is where you saw Juan Castillo going back to his O-line roots. And he's not going to, you know, we've talked about this before, but he's not going to be the tight ends coach. He's going to be in charge of the run game and then pass protection and then be able to kind of bounce around to different groups, like the t- mostly t- you know the tight ends and then the offensive line. So he was working a lot with the interior O-linemen today. And what you'd see is this working on their sets, working on their sets and punching a bag and just making sure you get the good thrust. And then then it was thrust and then play either you're going to slide to the outside, slide to the inside, depending on where the help would have been on that particular play. And it's just it was the focus is on where you put in your hands and then making sure you're staying square, your shoulders are back, you're staying square and, and, and just being really working on the technique of the position. And there was one time where Stromberg and and Gates were sitting there after one of the reps where they just sat there and talked for a few minutes, Stromberg quizzing the veteran about various aspects. And you kind of could see them, you know, kind of moving around to, to, you know, and Gates would show him some things just kind of moving around like that to demonstrate what he was talking about. So there you go. That's a practice wrap for me today. I'll be back with another episode Probably come out Thursday night, Friday morning, talking more about obviously some insight in the commanders, what's going on. Uh, I'll have going to be talking to Bram Weinstein over the next episode or two, just to you know get his thoughts on training and what we've seen in camp so far, but also some of the things that players have said during these interviews, as well as Ron Rivera. And one of the things I'm going to get into with him with that is Ron Rivera talking about being more of a manager, dele- excuse me, delegating more than he ever has in his career, and he's. He's always been more of a manager because he hasn't been in charge of the offense or the defense or the special team. So that when you're not, then you're you're a manager. But when you have, you know, so it's really that part hasn't changed a whole lot. But what has changed is delegating more to a guy like Eric Bieniemy with the assistant head coach role and giving him some of his responsibilities. So, anyways, we'll get into all of that, and then next week there's three days of mini camp. Be out here for each day. So a lot of these wrap ups. Hope you enjoy them. Hope it gives you a feel for what's going on during this time of the year. So that's it for me. And thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.